Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nice little morning time jam. Yeah. Now, what's going on, everybody? It's a Sunday. What am I doing here? Mm. I don't know. What's Josh Engelman doing here? Who knows? What I do know is uh, we're going to talk some basketball while we are here. I'm Dave Lochran, at Lafay underscore D on Twitter, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. Joined by Josh Engelman, at Josh Engelman, back by popular demand, Josh. We put ourselves on a few additional shows together. It just so happened that one of them was a Sunday morning. Yeah, that works for me, actually. I didn't really do much of anything. It started off, we got out of the gates pretty quickly, but I ate too much brunch and brunch slowed me down. So I actually feel pretty good today now, finally. But uh, it was looking like it could have been a pretty rough day uh, for, for us as we got into this show. You ate too much brunch today? No, yesterday. Oh, I was going to say, it's not even brunch time. So we had, we had some cocktails and stuff, got the day started pretty well yesterday, but my, my brunch was way too heavy, and uh, that slowed me down from having any more cocktails. So now I feel good today. What, uh, what type of cocktails? So I drank a lot. Uh, the wife was in Aruba two weeks ago, so she brought back this spiced ginger rum that I actually like drinking just straight. So I had quite a bit of rum. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty good. I did a little drinking a couple of days ago. Nothing this weekend. Kind of laid low. Hospital, uh, they're not making us, but they're basically saying you have to quarantine a few weeks before the due date because if not, then, you know, if I can't be in the delivery room because I test positive for COVID, it's going to be pretty rough. And then, you know, she divorces me and and then things go downhill pretty quick. You know how. I, I, I could show up as your proxy if you need me to. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure she would love that. I'll wear a purple shirt. <laughs> I, I was going to say that. Anyway, we're happy to have you guys with us. Thanks for joining the show. Hammer that thumbs up and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so yet. We got nine games, Josh. And uh, coming off of a, an interesting slate yesterday, only five games. Uh, did you play this weekend? Nope. Not a no. single not a single contest since Thursday. Yeah, I didn't have a great day DFS-wise yesterday. did have a great time betting, especially betting a decent amount on that Draymond over six and a half rebounds prop. They're down by like 20-plus going into the fourth. I'm thinking there's no way he comes back. He comes back for two minutes, Josh, grabs one rebound, puts him over the mark, and we go home happy. But uh, Brooklyn blew the doors off Golden State yesterday. 
Yeah, not not great. That, that offense is just going to be a real problem. If they can find anything defensively, it's going to be big. I'm really anxious to see what they do on the run-up to the trade deadline and, like, the buyout market. And let me just say, the Utah Jazz right now look like the most dominant team in the league. I, I know it sounds crazy, even though they're at the top of the conference. They, they the Miami Heat had, like, 55 points going into the fourth quarter. <laughs> That's an exaggeration, but... They're blowing, they're blowing teams out. They, they crushed the Milwaukee Bucks on the first end of a back-to-back and then took care of business yesterday against you know, a pretty decent Miami Heat team. So we're going to get into all of this, a few of those teams on the schedule today. We'll start it off with the San Antonio Spurs and the Charlotte Hornets. San Antonio two-point favorites, 228-point total. They'll be without LaMarcus Aldridge again today, Josh. What's yeah. that do for you and your love or lack thereof for the Spurs? Uh, so I prefer the Spurs a little bit more on FanDuel. DeMar DeRozan, 7,600 there. He's 8K on DraftKings. Now I like him in both spots and he's picking up ownership, but he's heavy chalk on FanDuel and I completely agree with it. Keldon Johnson's down to 5,200 on FanDuel. He was priced up a little bit higher than that as of late. So I'm getting there as well. And after that, like, you know, DeJounte Murray for 7K on DraftKings, only at 6% ownership. That number seems a bit low to me. I've got him projected for about 35 and a half fantasy points. Uh, even with Derek White back, it didn't seem to matter uh, a couple games ago when he picked up however many steals, eight, I believe, something like that. Uh, he has the ability to do that sort of stuff. And I'm interested to see how that works against a Charlotte team that's pretty heavy on guards. We could see a, a slightly higher turnover type game. But it's mostly DeMar DeRozan, Murray, and Keldon Johnson for me. Very little else from San Antonio stands out. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan, I think, is, as long as you're getting him at a decent price point, and I think he is. Let me ask you this, though. You're, you're someone that, you know, we, we talk about the standard deviation all the time, just overall range of outcomes for these guys. Yeah. Does, in your model at least, do, does DeMar DeRozan have one of the, the, the lower standard deviations? Or should, I'm sorry, uh, lower range of outcomes when it comes to what you're getting from him uh, each and every night? Because it feels like his floor, especially with Aldridge out, has been really solid. Yet his ceiling just seems to, he just seems to never really eclipse 50 and uh, doesn't come in under 40 most of the time either. Uh, let's see where I have him at. Actually, uh, he has a very low standard deviation. So good eye. Um, 0.105 fantasy points per possession, which is a, an irrelevant way for me to uh, announce that to anyone because there's no context whatsoever to those numbers. <laughs> I think I'm probably the only person that talks about this stuff in a per possession basis. But 0.105 is ultra, ultra low. Like if I just want to give examples of other people, Curry is 0.13. So that's a, a, while those numbers seem like they're close to each other, uh, it, it is a pretty dramatic gap. Most of the guards that are comparable to him, like Dame, Trey, Bradley Beal, they're all in like the 0.13, 0.135 area. Uh, so DeMar DeRozan actually very, very low standard deviation. Yeah, I had a feeling that would be the case. But it doesn't make him a bad play, right? It just no. means that you're not expecting him to pop off for 65 most nights. Yeah. Brandon Ingram, uh, also at 0.15. I'm trying to find other guys that would be like Chris Middleton and all that sort of feels familiar to those. Like, I don't feel like I get a lot of Brandon Ingram ceiling games, a lot of DeMar DeRozan ceiling games, a lot of Chris Middleton ceiling games. They don't feel like they happen all that much. And it's, I'm not like terribly surprised. He doesn't have high assist rates. Doesn't really have high rebounding rates. Like he, they're average, you know, it's not like a ton of steals or anything. There's not a lot that he does outside of scoring. And when it's just scoring, there's not a ton of standard deviation in your performance. You really need to hit those, like, 
the guys that have the biggest standard deviations are generally the guys with the large steal and block rates because that's where you get really divergent performances. That's a good point. Like a Miles Turner can have those 25 fantasy point games and then he'll rip off 55 because he has nine blocks. Right, exactly. Yeah. On the Charlotte side, LaMelo Ball just continues to play spectacular basketball. I mean, we're getting to a point where this guy is going to be uh, eclipsing the 9K mark and then we're going to be at a at a, let's say – we're going to be we're going to hit a fork in the road Josh because it's going to be do I go this way and say I like the guy but 9k is a ton of money especially on a guard heavy team where a lot of people get minutes and the decent amount of usage is spread around or uh do we go on the other side of that and say 9k is viable because he's 86 or uh, sorry 8700 right now on DraftKings coming off of a game where he played 37 minutes his minutes are pretty stable in competitive spots and he's just been extraordinarily good. Yeah, it's uh, it's wild. I did not expect this at all. I love the talent coming out. I just didn't think that he would ever be even remotely close to efficient for a while. And that's just not the case. It's it's really crazy to see. 7,800, I think, is a fantastic price for him on FanDuel. He's 24% owned. I agree with it. 8,700 on DraftKings, like you mentioned, is high. But at the same time, he's only projected for 5% ownership. I actually have him showing up in the optimal lineup almost twice as often. So even at 8,700, I think LaMelo Ball is still a guy that you're that is worth getting, especially if no one else is getting there. The minutes wow. are there. He does a little bit of everything out on the floor. Uh, you know, it's not just scoring. It's assists. It's rebounds. He's out there doing everything. The size, I think, helps him out a ton. Probably part of the something that I probably underrated for him coming out is just the fact that while he may be quote unquote a point guard, he's not a point guard in a point guard's body. He's a small forward that can handle the ball. And I think that's pretty important. Yeah, pulling only around 5% ownership right now on DraftKings. Of course, these update throughout the day, they're always going to be uh they're always going to be the 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 most accurate once you get closer to lock. So if you're a premium sub at Osmo, be sure to keep that in mind. If you're crunching lineups at like 12 in the afternoon and using that as a way to get them in don't do that right like always make adjustments based on ownership updating of course even if news doesn't come out you'll still want to be sure to do that uh, even if it's a slow news day for sure so uh five percent ownership i don't think that's all that crazy at that price point but i do agree with you that i wouldn't say it's a completely prohibitive salary either so the question too is when you get to hayward and rogier just the other day came off uh a really monster game, 41 minutes, Josh, against that just disastrous Minnesota defense, 41 points, 57 DraftKings points. He's 7,400. His price has come up quite a bit. Gordon Hayward is sandwiched in between LaMelo Ball and and Terry Rozier. And then Devontae Graham's all the way down there at 6,100. Yeah, we might want to talk about Devontae Graham at 5,200 on FanDuel. Where yeah, he's picking wild. up 22% ownership. I don't agree with that at all. Uh, he only showed up in 8% of lineups for me. Even at 5,200. Yeah, uh, I don't, and I have him, like, he played 28 minutes on Friday. I have him in for 30. Um, I don't really have a ton of interest in him at that rate. I'd be more likely to get to Miles Bridges at 5,400. Hayward and Rozier both look like relatively neutral plays, nothing too crazy. LaMelo Ball on FanDuel is the best thing coming out of the Hornets. Uh, Ball, Hayward, Rozier, and Bridges all seem fine to me on DraftKings, but nothing Nobody's picking up a ton of ownership. Bridges is actually the highest owned guy from the Hornets on DraftKings. Don't totally agree with 14% there, but we're talking about the difference between like 10% and 14%. It's marginal. 
What about Cody Zeller? Getting, you know, high single digit ownership on Dra- on FanDuel, nothing on DraftKings where he's now eclipsed $6,000. I would have said this was like a crazy price tag for him a week and a half ago, but he's not playing the same minutes that he had been playing previously. Now we're not going to have PJ Washington. He's going to be out for health and safety protocols, but for Zeller, I mean, his last couple of games, 25, 23, 26, 20, 23. This is coming on a previous run of 31, 39, 35. It, it, you know, he was playing up in the 30s. It doesn't appear that that's happening any longer. So if he's playing, I have him in for 26 minutes today. He seems perfectly blah and uninteresting on a seven-game slate. Uh, last one here. I think you touched on it for a second. But with both of the Martin twins out, P.J. Washington out, they're dealing with, you know, are they huge injuries? No, it's not a LaMelo or a Hayward or a Terry Rozier or even a Devontae Graham. But uh, you're not really seeing a ton of ownership filtered anywhere here. It looks like uh, on DraftKings, Miles Bridges is, is getting the most at 14%. He's $5,100. I, I think we can at least, Josh, plug him into uh, an easy 30-plus minute roll here because he already gets a decent amount of run. Do you think he benefits a little bit more, maybe gets up to 35, 36 minutes in a close game? I gave him 31, but I think he could be the guy that sees the biggest fluctuation. I'm thinking Just so de- as well, yeah. Depending on how the game is going, um, he kind of fits any sort of lineup that they need to run out there. Uh, so, like, if if they're trying to hold a lead, I think he's more likely to get more minutes than someone like Malik Monk. If they're trying to shoot their way back into the game, it might be more Monk-related, but... In this case, I think that Bridges, I have Bridges for 31, but if you told me that he played 34 or 35, that would make sense to me. Point rebound double doubles in four straight games now. He's playing pretty well. Uh, low, low usage, but he's playing well. Great fit for a team with a ton of shoot first guards. Yeah, for sure. And listen, if, he, if he's at 5,100, honestly, I have no problem getting there on a day where sh- these are complimentary players, role players that are out. Uh, outside of Washington, but I do think he could soak up even a handful of those minutes. And if he does, you'll feel pretty good about it against a, a middle of the road defense. 50, what is he? 5,400 on yeah. Fandle, power forward eligible. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's crazy. He's 13% on Fandle. So, pretty much the same on both sides. Let's talk about Minnesota and Toronto. Carl Anthony Towns has been back for a couple of games now. That's great to see. Uh, after his most recent experience with COVID-19 had to get that lung function up Josh and he played 30 I was honestly surprised that he played 30 plus minutes in his first game I really thought he'd be limited further than that I I said it in our slack chat I was like he won't play anything other than 20 to 24 and (laughs) he certainly didn't he went out there and just played a ton and well the way that they described it like I I wouldn't have been surprised if I didn't see Ryan Saunders quotes about him having to get his lung function up. Exactly. I mean, like I've never seen those words written before describing anybody to play basketball. I certainly don't expect them to come back after being out for a couple of weeks and then play 30 minutes on a team that sucks. That's going nowhere too. It's not like they need every minute for him. They're garbage and aren't making the playoffs no matter what happens. Yeah. When I hear need to get his lung function up, it's like, okay, so when will he be, um, when will he be leaving the hospital? Yeah. You know? Not, yeah. not when, not when he, he was running on a, a couple miles. What's that? I assumed he was on a respirator. Right, exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Right. Like, when are the tubes coming out? Yeah. Uh, but no, there's no discharging him from the hospital here. It's like Carl Anthony Towns came in and played 31 minutes. But that's why you, know, you see it all the time, whether it's Twitter, whether it's chat, whether it's, it's anywhere. Like, 
that's why you have to be so careful about coach speak. Now, in this case, and I think Adam mentioned it on the show, it didn't matter if we were wrong because his price hadn't adjusted and he was still 9,700. So you weren't playing him anyway against the Clippers, right? So it puts you in a pretty good spot. But you're right. When you hear somebody say something like that, your immediate assumption is, okay, maybe he plays two five-minute rotations today. I, I thought like, okay, best case scenario, he goes six, 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 and six, and yeah. this game is competitive. Right, 24 minutes, short spurts, exactly. Yeah. That's not no, what happened. He played just, uh, played 31 back. minutes, and they only lost by seven points. Then he followed it up two days later, 32 minutes, uh, and a six-point loss to Charlotte. But – these are these are going to be games where where Minnesota they just they cough up a lot of points with Cat at the helm, but then they're going to be a little bit more competitive offensively. Now D'Angelo Russell is out, Jared Culver's out. But tell me where you want to start here with the Timberwolves against the Raptors. Uh, that's a great big question. dogs on the road, by the way. Yeah, so I do have a little bit of interest here just because no one's getting owned. On FanDuel, the highest ownership is at Malik Beasley, 5.8%. I actually think that he should be twice as owned. So I have no problem getting to a little bit more Malik Beasley if you want to try to get different. Anthony Edwards, Ricky Rubio, these guys are picking up no ownership whatsoever. I'd be happy to go there. The highest owned guy on Minnesota from DraftKings, though, that would be Jordan McLaughlin, 20. I'm, I haven't projected for 20 minutes at 3,600. He's 12% owned. If he plays 20 minutes, I want like 2% of him. So I think that's terrible ownership. Again, I would rather go to Beasley. I'd rather go to Anthony Edwards. I would rather go to Rubio. I mean, Anthony Edwards and Rubio are both owned under 1%. I'm not saying that you guys should be playing him, these guys, 20% of your lineups. But when you can get guys that are going to play 30 minutes in a matchup where they're on a seven game slate under 1% ownership. I'm just going to take some chances on guys that have zero ownership whatsoever that play the whole game. Yeah. Nine game slate, by the way. Is it nine? Yeah. We got nine games. Oh, right, right, right. I had to make two changes to uh, my schedule this morning. I thought we only had a, a very minimal slate. And then apparently all the times that were listed on basketball reference have been changed. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. And then Sunday, usually you don't get it's- as many games for the, for the late slate. I'm happy to have it this way though, where we can tackle one slate instead of having to do multiple slates because there's three games that start at 2 PM. Um, Yeah. With Carl Anthony towns. I mean, he's getting virtually no ownership at all. Uh, Just to stay on this for one second here. Is there, is there any merit to saying, all right, nobody's playing him. Toronto defensively has been pretty average this season. They're certainly not the, Toronto, the finals winning Toronto team back from a couple of years ago. Uh, Towns is around 2%. He's priced at a low to mid 9K price point on DraftKings. Uh, I mean, there are a million centers that are that have higher ownership than him. But what about the fact that Russell is out? They have no real legitimately high usage players outside of, I guess, Malik Beasley to an extent. And Carl Anthony Towns, when healthy, when getting his full allotment of minutes, is one of the preeminent centers in basketball. I don't see it. So okay. I've been projected for 44 fantasy points in 32 minutes. So basically like a 1.38 guy. And because of his price tag, he only shows up in the optimal on both sites about 4% of the time. So, so this ownership to you is accurate and you agree yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah, like if I saw a town show up and had like 6 or 7% ownership after a crunch, I wouldn't freak out or anything, but he does not grade out as a very good play. The, the lack of a minutes upside is really the problem here. Normally you're going to see – Towns getting 35, 36 minutes, just playing a ton. And that's going to be enough to really open up his uh, his range of outcomes. 
here, just because of the way the rest of the slate is set up with other guys in that price range, I just don't think he has the same ceiling. For sure. And he, I think, obviously, you know, he can shoot the lights out and just put on a, a crazy performance. Your camera went minutes. out again, Josh. Of course it did. Um, obviously, there's nothing stopping Carl Anthony Towns from putting up like two fantasy points per minute and going for 65 in 30 minutes. Like he's that talented that could happen. But I think the percentages bear that out. That's like a two, three, four percent outcome. Right. Not something that you need to get a lot of. And with the way Vooch is playing it only $400 more expensive. Yeah. You know, you're going to see more people go to Vooch as well. So there are a couple guys we're going to talk about all of them, but for- lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky, lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. First, what about Toronto on the other side of this one? Van Vliet, Siakam, Lowry. It's been a pain in the ass figuring out which one of these guys on a nightly basis is going to be the one that actually, you know, gets the the lion's share or at least the the bulk of the usage because it's tough. Like Fred Van Vliet was on an absolute heater, Josh, and now he's attempted 10 and 9 field goal attempts over his last two games with a combined two field goal attempts. He's taken a, a total cameras out, total backseat role with 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 in in the past pair of games and and that's one of the risks you take with this Toronto squad. No idea why this keeps happening. I, nothing turns off in front of me. It just looks normal. It just so. can't handle what it's seeing. I know. It's uh, too much. I don't know, I even know where that joke's going. Anyway, play Chris Boucher on FanDuel, 6% ownership. I think he should be 18% owned. So that is one of the bigger differentiations. I don't even know if that's the right word. It's Sunday, guys. I, uh, words are different. Yeah, my brain's not working great either. No, uh, it, it, the, the gap between where I have Chris Boucher on FanDuel and his ownership is one of the bigger numbers that we have. Anyway, uh, if we're trying to sift through the rest of the guys, the normal Van Vliet, Lowry, Siakams, uh, on FanDuel, it's Van Vliet, Lowry, Siakam for me. On DraftKings, it is Siakam, Lowry, Van Vliet. But all, no matter which site we're talking about, no matter which guy we're talking about, I don't see them as all that interesting of plays. Um, there's really only downside in this one. If this game goes crazy and Toronto blows them out, like this will be one of the spots where they only play 32 minutes instead of the 36 or 37. And I think you need every single minute from Toronto. And then you still have to hope you get the the right guy right. So I don't have much interest in Toronto outside of Chris Boucher on both sites, 7,200 on FanDuel, 6,800 on DraftKings. And if OG Ananobi's back, I don't want him either. The great thing, and you just kind of mentioned it, the great thing about these Toronto big three, or even, you know, Ananobi when he's in the lineup, is that they get a ton of minutes, right? Fred Van Vliet's third in the league in total minutes, or in minutes per game. Uh, Pascal Siakam is like top 10. uh, Sorry, he's 11th. No, he's tied for 10th with with Malcolm uh, 
Brogdon. So they're going to get a lot of minutes. The downside is, and you mentioned it, you need all of those minutes. Yep. There's you no do. clear number one. No. And they're not that kind of fantasy performers. Like just in general, in my model, baseline projections, no adjustments. Fred Van Vliet is a 1.05 fantasy point per minute guy. Kyle Lowry is a 1.04 fantasy point per minute guy. Pascal Siakam, 1.07. These guys are separated on raw data by three hundredths of a fantasy point. That is bonkers for Crazy. three guys that play 36. Like they're all playing the exact same role from a fantasy perspective. But the problem is one of those guys is going to be like 1.4 today. One of those guys is going to be like 0.9 and figuring out who that is, is basically impossible. I, I honestly think when that's, if that's the case, that's why you know, give me the guy in Lowry, who's considerably cheaper than all of them. Like a thousand dollars cheaper than Van Vliet on DraftKings. To me, that makes perfect sense. And, and that's why him and, and, and Pascal Siakam are getting a little bit of ownership and Fred Van Vliet's down in the single digits because it's tough to pay for the guy that's more expensive than them, but isn't really better than them on a per minute or, or just an overall fantasy basis. So yeah. um, any top options from Toronto or Minnesota? Uh, Chris Boucher on FanDuel at 7,200 for sure. Uh, 18% or 18% optimal coming out of my Sims puts him first, second. That's the third highest mark at the power forward spot behind for me, Porzingis and Blake Griffin. So um, we'll get there. And the Raptors are definitely not dominant this season. This no. this game does have a 229.5 total, which is really nice. But this game, there's no doubt it could get out of hand. Like, you're not making decisions based on that, but it could get pretty out of hand. I, I, I do think, though, I understand at least why there are some players getting ownership uh, from this Toronto team. And uh, nothing really from Minnesota, but you mentioned McLaughlin. It's McLaughlin getting more ownership than anyone specifically on DraftKings. On, uh, on DraftKings, Siakam, Lowry, and Aaron Baines. 3,600, Josh, getting around 12%. They should play him more. They're not going to, um, but I would be playing him regularly instead of giving him no playing time when these guys are in. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, there's no chance that I'm playing him uh, at all at 3,600 on DraftKings if he's 12% owned. I'll find value elsewhere. I think it's an actively terrible play. Well, let me ask you, though. I don't want to stay on this game forever, but – Against Carl Anthony Towns, right? Like against a big center that is offensively dominant when healthy, do you not want Baines out there over Chris Boucher? I don't think they care. No? Well, I don't think Toronto cares. They probably don't if, if Carl Anthony Towns is the only guy they can really produce here. But I don't know. It, it definitely feels like Baines is the guy that you would want over Boucher in the event that you need to actually slow down Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, is the, is the real answer Siakam? No, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Uh, Maybe. Well, I mean, ultimately, I just don't think that they even care. Like, they're, what, eight-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Minnesota, a team with – I mean, how much continuity does Toronto have? These guys have been playing together for ages. Like, they're not, they're not sweating the best guy on the 29th best team in the league. You're probably right. We'll see. See what Nick Nurse does. Let's talk about New Orleans and Detroit. The New Orleans Pelicans, four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road, 221-and-a-half total. Their offense is finally beginning to click a little. I mean, this team and the Dallas Mavericks, both, uh, some, and we'll get to them in the next one, some really big struggles this season, just wildly underwhelming on most fronts, despite having some pretty good players. Zion, Ingram, Lonzo, Bledsoe. I want to start with Lonzo because, Josh, 
I was amazed to see, I, I was reading something uh, on, the, on the Pelicans and it mm -hmm. was like, yeah, Lonzo's shooting 55% from three over his last six games and he's attempted 39 threes or some number like that. Now you're telling me he's, he's attempting like eight threes per game over this span. So I go and look at it. And by the way, that is just bad math, but understand it's a lot. 10 threes, 10 threes, six, six, nine, seven, five, six, 13, seven. He's attempting a ton of threes and he's knocking them down at an alarmingly high clip for Lonzo Ball. He's good. He's really good. And people right, sleep well, on him. You know, step back a little bit here. People think that he's, we can't compare him to what we thought he was going to be the day that he got drafted. He's a it's different jealousy. basketball player, but he's good on both sides of the ball. He's very solid defensively. He's long enough to guard multiple positions. And if he can continue to shoot 38%, that's slightly higher than uh, league average. At, Game changer. From three. He can do that. Massive. Game Massive. Changer. He's terrible in the half court. That's not a huge issue for uh, what we're trying to talk about now. I'm a big fan of Lonzo Ball. That said, you should not be playing him today in any way, shape, or form. Uh, 7K on FanDuel, 6,900 on DraftKings. He is, as far as I'm concerned, unplayable. I agree, though, that he does have real utility in this league, especially if he can learn to shoot even remotely well. I think it's yeah. jealousy. I think he sees what his brother's doing in Charlotte. And now, you know, the the second overall pick. He was second, right? To the league? I think he was second. Yeah. Second yeah. overall pick back a few years ago. Who was first? Um, I remember I really – I watched a lot of Lonzo Ball at uh, Chino Hill, I think it was, Chino Hill. Yeah. And – I used to love watching Lonzo's uh, high school highlights, and I wanted him on the Sixers. But who did uh, they take? What's that? Who did the Sixers end up taking? Was that the Simmons year? Simmons was like two years before that. Fultz, oh. man. Fultz. Oh, that was – yes, that's right. Marco I You know, I've tried to scrub that from my memory. I'm serious. I forget sometimes that that man even exists. And, you know, I say it's that – though. I don't think Lonzo would be a very good fit on the team right now. Not trying to be funny or anything, but like no, he would. He would. even if they had him, like obviously having players that are good NBA players is just good in general. But in terms of fit, uh, he would have to be shooting very well. Otherwise, they would have three dudes out there that can't make a shot. Tatum was the fit, Josh, because you wouldn't have had to sign Harris to a max contract, right? You probably could have grabbed Jimmy Butler and kept him. Although maybe I don't. I don't know the. Fultz was the fit. We, I mean, on, we didn't on know paper, that. Well, yeah. On paper, absolutely, Fultz was yeah. the fit. But obviously Tatum is like the, the real fit. <laughs> exactly. Think about the dramatic change to that franchise right now. If you had Simmons, uh, Tatum, and Embiid as your big three, think about that. Like they would be discussed in terms of like an e e easily one of the teams that are at the top of the odds to win the finals every I year. Mean that's a big three that rivals. I know this is going to sound preposterous now because we, we have however many years it's been. That's a big three that is like Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and all of them can play defense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Right. Only, Think instead about of how, one and a half of them. Yeah, I know Tatum and the the Buff uh, the Boston Celtics haven't played particularly great defense this year, but Tatum's a pretty decent defender. He's just an all around stud. So yeah, it's crazy what can happen. And plus, the Sixers gave up picks. They gave up first to get. Uh, Markel Fultz as well. Ugly situation. What are you doing with the rest of New Orleans? 
Uh, not too too much. They don't really. Look, they look really bad on DraftKings. Actually, no only got at all. Now, if you want to take a shot at forty nine hundred dollars, Stephen Adams, whose price has been tumbling, go for it. Uh, otherwise, I don't really have any interest in anything from the Pelicans on the DK side. On FanDuel, just because of having the way the positions are set up, I think Eric Bledsoe for forty eight hundred at the point guard spot has to get looked at. He's actually the highest owned guy on the Pelicans across both sites, twelve percent ownership. I think that that ownership is valid. Uh, Eighty three hundred dollars Zion, if you want to lock in forty fantasy points, seems like a reasonable thing to do. Uh, he's in the optimal about twelve percent of the time. Ingram, Zion, Bledsoe on FanDuel, n- nobody ish on DraftKings. It's a tough spot for the Pels. They're just not like a really interesting fantasy team. Jeremy Grant on the other side of this one, by the way, Mason Plumlee questionable that I'm sure screwed a lot of people that weren't able to get adjustments in on time the other day, just absolute nonsense. Uh, Because it was very obvious that when he went out or when he was ruled out right before that game started and I wasn't MMEing that day. So I came in and just made some quick adjustments. It made very much sense that Isaiah Stewart was by far the top overall option on that slate immediately as the Mason Plumlee news broke. 100%. Uh, Greg and I were live for it. I swapped into 45% Isaiah Stewart. Went perfectly. I also swapped into 45% Frank Mason when all the magic news came out. That didn't go the same way. Now you were doing, were you doing like a super draft or or a a Noah House Advantage or one of those shows? That would be jock market. 0 for 2 there, buddy. I thought it was Friday. I thought it was Friday. Now Thursday. Was it Thursday slate with the? Oh yeah, be, that's. I'm I, sorry, I think that's he right. played because Friday. Plumlee's missed two games now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, yeah. He so it was Thursday was the first night where the new. I mean, I, I, I assume that Friday was like the same scenario, but Thursday was the first night that he got ruled out immediately at lock. Right. Okay. And they had back-to-back games. That's why I was thinking Friday. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I was thinking Thursday just because that was the first night we did. The reason I asked what show it was is because was it, was it, um, that was a 7.30 lock. So was it, this was after 7.30. I'm pretty sure it was around like 7.45, right? When this happened. So we got Tyler Hero news at 7.31 that he was out. Right after lock. We got. And that Miami locked at 7.30, right? Yeah, that one, I had, that one just boned me and I had nothing to do. Uh, We got the Mason Plumlee news and then we got the magic news, which we were waiting on. That one wasn't a surprise. We just knew it was going to come late. Cole Anthony out and then, uh, who am I missing? Fournier was also out at that point in time. So we all pivoted to Frank Mason, but we got all of that like between 30 seconds after lock and the first and like 10 minutes after lock. It was brutal. Sorry. To, uh, obviously this is a no house advantage show, but uh, we did not have enough time to talk jock market or anything. Once that news started coming in. I 100% believe it. Yes. This show is sponsored by no house advantage. Stick around or uh, in a little bit. Uh, I'm going to tell you how to get an amazing deal over there when you sign up uh, and, and use the promo code because well, there's no free money on you like, well, let's just do it right now. Why not jump into the, Free money when it comes to DFS doesn't come around very often, uh, especially in this hyper-competitive world of DFS. It's just a truth. Like, you don't get that very often. Well, No House Advantage is matching your first deposit up to $20 if you use the promo code AWESEMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. So if you jump in, you throw in $20, boom, now you got $40. That's, that, that is a great way to get started off on the right foot over there just by using the promo code AWESEMO. It is a peer-to-peer pl- prop betting site. And you do it in contest form, which makes it neat. It's not like DraftKings or FanDuel where you put in one prop, you know, or, or Sugar House or whatever casinos around you, whatever sports book is around you, where you put in one prop, you sweat it. Uh, you can't 
almost everywhere you can't parlay these props. So you're just betting them as singles here. You can essentially put all of them in a contest together, rank them by highest interval of confidence. So the one you like the most goes at the top, gets you the most points. The one you have the least confidence in uh, gets you the fewest points. But I think the coolest part, Josh, is that all of the projections for no house advantage, uh, Alex Baker, Osmo himself, you might know him as a number one ranked DFS player, built a model, built projections that are totally free at awesomeo.com that you can use against these props uh, at no house advantage. Yeah. What we're putting out for No House Advantage on the website is massive if you have an NBA subscription with us or an all-access subscription. Um, just having all of the props in front of you just laid out with exactly what Alex thinks of those odds is crazy. You could, I, like, I, I can't say that you're just going to print money because that's just not how this works, but you are very much ahead of the game by having this because I don't think that there are any other places out there that are setting you up to play on no house advantage like this. No. And you said uh, an awesome account. You, you know, they're free. They're, those ones are the, they're always free. The, the no house advantage projections at awesome are free 365 days of the year. Oh, well, I didn't even know that. Uh, <laughs> Even better than wink, wink. So people that are watching these shows, uh, you are getting access to the goods. Once you know about it, get in there. Yep. Oh, and we have an uh, this is we have a no house advantage NBA optimal lineups page as well, also yeah. free. Yeah. So it's like giving you the optimals or you know what we project to be the optimals. Uh, really great stuff, man. And you'll see how it works with the confidence intervals and all that stuff. And as Ben Rasa Jazzraz always says. The, the, the thing that he loves most about it is the props are static. So like yesterday, there was a Draymond Green prop that I really liked. I had it in my bet slip on DraftKings, and I forgot to bet it because I threw in a bunch of other things. I was making DFS lineups, and I came back, and it had moved from like minus 120 to minus 150 in the matter of an hour. So I can't hit that now. Over at No House Advantage, that minus 120, well, or that number, right, stays exactly where it is throughout the day, no matter how hard it's hit. So you can find the edge there and use our projections, use our optimal lineups page, and use that promo code AWESOMO to get a $20 deposit match on anything, up to $20, of course. All right, so Sadiq Bay. I'm waiting for the Sadiq Bay chase games to come. And you know what, Josh? Maybe, maybe you're there. Maybe you're going to say, you know what, Lafayette? It makes sense to go heavy on Sadiq Bay today. And you could be right, but this is all I want to say to you, okay? Because we have to at least put this in context, and I think you would agree. Uh, and this is, of course, assuming that Mason Plumlee is out. He shot 10 for 12 and 7 for 7 from three-point range. 100% from three-point range. Mason Plumlee plays, it doesn't make a difference. But I just wanted to kind of highlight how ridiculous of a performance that was from Sadiq Bay on Friday night. Whether Mason Plumlee plays or not, uh, Sadiq Bay would not be in my lineups. I've got him in for 24 minutes. He's like a three or 4% guy, not picking up any ownership on either site. And I think that is exactly how it should be. Me too. I think he's also not picking any up because Plumlee is projected in right now, but. Um, I, I don't think, I don't think those two matter for each other. You think the Seiko Demboyo news would make a bigger difference? Cause he sat out the other day. He's and- he's out, out, right? He's confirmed out. That's yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, do you yeah. think that impacts Sadiq Bay's minutes? I mean, look, he played 27 on Friday. I think that's probably like the ceiling for him. I have him at 24, but he's not a particularly uh, voluminous fantasy producer. Even if I give him three additional minutes, he's like what, 20 fantasy points in 27 minutes. 
not in play for me, really. Hey, a little bit more in play at 4,400 on DraftKings. If he is playing 27 minutes, I think it's just kind of tough to project him there. Who knows? If, like, maybe Svi gets those minutes. Maybe they throw a couple extra minutes to Dennis Smith Jr. That I doubt, but, you know, it could happen. Wayne Ellington also there was playing, you know, upwards of 30 minutes two weeks ago, back down to around 20 now. They just have a lot of guys in that same, like, middle section. I think Josh Jackson is the big the guy that gets the biggest benefit for these guys being out. Cool. And by the way, I, I like Sadiq Bay a lot. He's just not a fantasy guy. It's more of a guy that, you know, like makes things work for your team. Sure. And I just wanted to more so like out, outline or highlight an outlier performance. It's not saying he can't have good games, but that was one of the, the craziest games in, from an efficiency standpoint that I've seen in a while. Yeah. Meanwhile, the, 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 the only guy that I think you should be playing no matter what is Jeremy Grant. Jeremy and then Grant. I, re- I really like Blake Griffin at 5,200 on FanDuel. It doesn't feel good. People just need to forget that his name's Blake Griffin. You can't, everybody just immediately freaks out. You can't keep comparing this guy to what Blake Griffin was in 2014. He's a different guy, but he's also not priced at 9K. He's 5,200 and he plays 30 plus minutes a game. Super cheap. I'm waiting. I, I'm wondering if that, that Jeremy Grant. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Progression is, is, is about to hit us. He's had two miserable games over his last two. I'm not saying that's the case. But I, I don't know how long he's going to be able to stay and stick with like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James and Donovan Mitchell as far as scoring goes, because that's what we've seen from him over the last month. I think it's here, here's why I think it sticks because they don't have a choice. Exactly. That's, that's a good point. If, if the volume's there, he's at least going to get enough yeah. volume to, to rack up some points. You're right. Yeah, if he's average with efficiency, like I don't think the usage is going anywhere unless they make some sort of deal. Like he's just going to soak that up. One, because that's why he came to Detroit. He, they told him you can run the offense basically. So he's doing that and it's working to this point. And two, I just, I don't think that those shots can go anywhere else. You're right. They don't even have Derek Rose off the bench anymore to soak right. up some of that volume. Portland and Dallas, 236 total here. Pretty nice. Portland, uh, five point dogs on the road. Still no C.J. McCollum, of course, still no Yusuf Nurkic. And Rodney Hood is the only real uh, questionable thing here. He's he's questionable to play. His minutes have been up and down. When he plays well, though, he can get, you know, upwards of 20. So we'll see if he plays or not. But uh, nothing big looming for this one, Josh. So I have a lot to like in this spot. Uh, Portland in particular, Dame, Cantor, Gary Trent, those three guys are the three main guys from a FanDuel perspective. Nobody else is getting ownership. Nobody else really should. Dame showing up in 26% of optimals for me. That's even higher than his ownership. So I really like Dame. I really like Cantor. Gary Trent just doesn't seem to get as much ownership as I would expect, probably because he's not a great per minute guy. Um, But I still think just because of the minutes, he's a guy you want to take chances on. On the DraftKings side, it's the same three guys that I mentioned, but I'm also willing to get to Robert Covington at 5,300 at minimal ownership. Derek Jones Jr. is 3,800. This is a spot where I recommend Derek Jones Jr. a lot because I think that he goes completely underlooked. And it's not that I think that he's like a fantastic fantasy performer, but if Jordan McLaughlin's pulling 12% ownership at that price tag and Derek Jones Jr. is pulling zero, then I'll take the chance on a guy that could get a couple steals and blocks 
he's the guy that I want to have because his weird upside of the way that he acquires stats can really create a, a, a big number. He's going to generally be awful, and I understand that. He's a GPP play only, but I would look to Derek Jones Jr. at a sub-4K price tag on DraftKings. Okay. Gary Trent Jr., uh, it's been tough to roster him, but I will say if you're a, if you're a better, keep an eye out for his player props because they've been egregiously low recently and he's just hitting the over on them like every single day 21 and a half 20 and a half point rebounds and assists he's now gone over that in like eight straight games or seven straight games something absurd Uh, so I've been trying to hit that pretty heavy lately until he slows down or until they have someone else Josh that's capable of soaking up enough volume behind Damian Lillard uh, I, I'll, I'll assume that Gary Trent continues to play well, but uh, I can't say I like him too much for DFS purposes today. Who would you say your top option from Portland is with salary in mind? Dame. Always Dame, right? Okay. Yep, 100%. Trent's getting a little bit. Ennis Cantor getting a little bit of ownership, but you're right. It's Dame. Talk to me about Luka Doncic on the other side of this one. Yeah, so I prefer Dame uh, to Luka. Just 11-3 on FanDuel, 11-1 on DK is a really big number. Not that I'm saying that I don't want to get to him, but he's at 24% ownership on both sites. I would be more likely to be a bit under that, uh, allocate my exposure elsewhere. The guy that I really want to go to would be Porzingis on FanDuel at 8K. I would blow that ownership out of the water. He's already projected for 22, and I think that's low. Um, Where he's 8,500 on DraftKings, I'm a lot less interested, but... No one is owning Chris Epps Porzingis on DK right now. So I wouldn't mind getting there. Uh, Maxi's pulling a ton of ownership on FanDuel, 24% owned. I don't totally agree with that, but I understand why it's coming in. Value hard to find today. I like a lot of Dallas, though. Tim Hardaway, Josh Richardson, DFS. I want to have quite a bit of Dallas across both sites. Uh, at least six guys on FanDuel, five guys on DraftKings. They're just, I like the spot. I like the total. Uh, Portland, not all that great defensively. Cantor, not really a guy that you're worried about uh, anchoring a defense. There's a lot to like for Dallas, but I want to be at least a little bit muted on Luca because those price tags are huge. Where are you at on the Maxi Kleber 24% projected ownership on, on FanDuel? Well under it. He showed up in the optimal for me 15% of the time. So he's a guy that I like for value, but not nearly that much. That just screams out over-owned. And I think that changes as additional value comes in like a power forward on FanDuel. We don't really have anybody that's functional below 4,400 other than maxi. So I think people are just getting funneled to that build. If we get any sort of news that opens up for four K and below guys, that ownership will start to come down a bit. All right. It's still early in the day, but your top options from Dallas are. Uh, that would be Porzingis on FanDuel, maxi and Luca. And then on DK, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., Josh Richardson, and Luca. All right, camera out. Milwaukee at OKC. That's, I, I don't. I don't. Milwaukee. Um, where are we at? Eleven and a half point favorites here on the road. Two twenty-seven total. Milwaukee got blasted by Utah the other day. Still on continuing this road trip against a perpetually banged up Oklahoma City team. No Drew Holiday for Milwaukee though. Do you think that's having a big impact on them? I would imagine, um, you know, running the, he's been great so far for them running the offense, not having him there, I think is really important. I don't think it matters all that much in the regular season, but like, clearly you want him out there. He's been um, from a plus minus perspective, insane. One of the, like probably an all-star. I mean, he's not going to make the all-star game because he's drew holiday and nobody cares, but 
he's been fantastic for Milwaukee, a, a clear upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. Um, it's probably good. They, you know, they can get some guys some extra minutes right now and try some other things out, but it, it's definitely a problem to not have Drew Holiday. What about um, what about Giannis at? So I, I was just taking a peek at some ownership here based on some of the highest priced players, right? And uh, yeah, you can if you go to awesome ownership projections, you want to sort it by salary. Sometimes I do just to get like a quick cursory look of who the highest projected owned guys are uh, at the highest salaries. Luca getting a lot, Nikola Jokic, LeBron, and Giannis all at ten percent or lower. So. None of these guys, even Vooch, 12%, that's not a ton. Kawhi, Damian Lillard and Luka are the two guys that are priced above, say, 9,500, really getting considerable ownership. Giannis is not one of them against this Oklahoma City team. Yeah, that's fine to me, I guess. So if I'm ranking just the expensive guys, we'll say not, you said 9K or higher. Dame, yeah, sure, 9K or higher. Dame is on his own tier. He's not even close to anybody else as far as I'm concerned. After that, I'd say like Luca and Vooch are the next two guys up for me. Um, De'Aaron Fox at 9K was probably third. I have LeBron dead last in this entire group. Uh, I, I would not have a single share of him on DraftKings. But Giannis is pretty close to that bottom section where I don't expect to roster him at all on DK. Do you anticipate rostering anyone from Milwaukee? On DraftKings, yeah, Middleton, DiVincenzo, Brooke Lopez, Bryn Forbes. I think all of those guys, include, specifically DiVincenzo, Lopez, and Forbes, I think are all a bit under-owned. Uh, the, the real question comes down to what happens against Oklahoma City. Milwaukee is so good, generally speaking. They don't usually let teams like this hang around all that much in the regular season. When they need to smack people around, they usually smack people around. So. I, I do have a little bit of pause for blowouts here just because Oklahoma City, I, we don't normally project blowouts, but this Oklahoma City team is so shorthanded. Milwaukee is one of the better teams in the league at the very least. Um, it gets tricky there, but Middleton, DiVincenzo, Lopez, and Forbes are all going under-owned, in my opinion, on DraftKings. And on FanDuel, Giannis, Middleton, DiVincenzo, the only three guys that I'm looking at. DiVincenzo, 5,100 on FanDuel, only 9% owned. That's a spot that I would like to get a little bit more of. Someone asked about Portis in chat. I, I think he probably gets 24 minutes tops, even in a blowout. I don't necessarily see him closing games out if this game gets out of hand. So, yeah, I, I don't know how much he would benefit from a blowout to begin with, to be honest with you. I think you can go a lot deeper on that Milwaukee bench. Yeah, I just uh, there's no way that I want to play Portis if he's getting any ownership. Pat Connaughton at 3,400 is projected for 14% ownership. That's just another spot where I don't want to be with the field on low-priced value guys on a day like today it's just to me that's there's no reason to do that all right so with these continued injuries with oklahoma city you're beginning to see salaries rise as they should be uh, and that's also going to bring ownership down a little bit because the ownership has been pretty absurd it's ridiculous on this oklahoma city team for a while now they're without uh, gilgis alexander once again they get a couple guys back and then uh, teo maladon goes out as well Hamadou Diallo is still getting ownership, Josh, north of 20% on DraftKings, despite eclipsing that $7,000 mark. It goes to show you really uh, how limited they are in terms of playmakers and in terms of scorers right now. Not only is he going for 20% ownership, I think he's under-owned. I actually have him as a fantastic play. I certainly want to get to Diallo across both sites, but... 
I don't know much else to add. Like he's just, he's going to play 35 minutes or more and have to be involved in everything that they do. Uh, I don't mind the price tag at all. He looks great. One of my higher ranked players of the day. In fact, on draftings, where do I have him overall? He's the second highest or second highest ranked player. He, he would be my number two contender if I did contenders on a day like today. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's interesting at that price point. Uh, on the season, 122 minutes without Gildas Alexander, Hill, and Maladon, 0.98 fantasy points per minute, but he's going to play a lot. Al Horford is averaging one and a half fantasy points per minute with these guys off the floor, only 106 minutes. But I think we can at least take something from this, Josh, in that Al Horford, while last year was a colossal disaster, is not playing alongside Joel Embiid. He doesn't have a Tobias Harris, a Ben Simmons, a Joel Embiid on this team. He's playing alongside Hamadou Diallo and a bunch of other guys like Isaiah Roby and and and, and, and uh, Baisley. So they're, while the minutes are a little bit concerning and while he played 34 in both back-to-back games against the Lakers, both of those were overtime games, I'm only giving him 29 minutes. But he has proven with these guys injured that he can actually be pretty good, but his price continues to come up a little bit and he's facing Milwaukee. I've been beating this drum. Uh, I don't understand it. He's 7% owned on FanDuel. That's criminal. Uh, it should be twice that as or more. I would have somewhere in the 20s in ownership for Al Horford. On DraftKings, I think he should be in the optimal 17% of the time. He's under-owned there. I don't understand why it's happening. He has a 30% usage rate when those three point guards are not on the floor. He's the point guard for this team. Like people think it's Diallo. It's not Diallo. It's Al Horford. Al Horford is running their offense. Big assist rate. He's still rebounding the ball. And 34% assist rate to Hamidou Diallo's 22.6. Yeah. uh, uh, He's being, in my opinion, dramatically under projected across the industry over the past couple games. And I have been on the opposite side of that uh, pushing for him very heavily. It's just a different scenario. He is the facilitator of this entire offense and he's shooting more than anybody else on the team. Uh, This should be a smash spot for him. I think that he's one of the better plays of the day relative to where the public is right now. Don't overthink it. Just play a ton of him, but also play a ton of Oklahoma city. You should be playing Diallo. You should be playing Horford. You should be playing a lot of Baisley, Dort, Kenrich Williams, Isaiah Roby, I guess deserves a little bit of ownership. You pretty much need everybody, but Darius Miller here in some form. Yeah, 227 total is pretty nice. They do not have the highest implied total because they're not playing against or they're playing against a tough team with a good defense that's a huge favorite, but you points are still going to be scored, Josh. And that's what it comes down to. This is not like football or baseball where a really tough matchup means you don't score. Yeah. They can still drop 100 plus and lose by 20, but you're still yeah. going to need to play these guys because they continue to go without depth on this roster. I'm with you. 100% Orlando, Phoenix, hit that thumbs up, guys, and subscribe if you haven't done so yet. I know some of you jump in here a little bit later, so thumbs up, subscribe if you appreciate this content. You want to keep seeing more of it. The Phoenix Suns are playing really good basketball right now. Chris Paul looks great. Booker's knocking down shots from half court. Through and through, they're playing better defense. They're playing great offense. Uh, I I hammered them at laying eight and a half last night. That line has since moved to nine and a half or 10, depending on where you're standing. But Vooch has been remarkable, no matter the matchup, no matter the circumstances. Let's start with him. 
uh, I don't even know what to say for someone like Vooch anymore. Whether everybody's in or everybody is out, he still looks good. Uh, he's 9,900 on FanDuel, so like you're paying for it now. But I still think he's the optimal center 11% of the time there. At 9,800, he's projected for 13% ownership on DraftKings. I agree with that ownership. It, it's hard to get well north of the field now. That price tag is about as high as it's ever going to be. But, I mean, his floor is so high. This guy's just a default 50-point guy for this Orlando team. There's no way around it. After that, it all depends on who's healthy. Like, I have Cole Anthony and Evan Fournier in. Uh, if they're in, I don't want anybody from Orlando. If they start dropping off, then value will open up. But it's basically Vooch and nothing else for me. Yeah. No Aaron Gordon. Questionable Fournier. Questionable Cole Anthony. James Ennis, who actually had a respectable game on 29 minutes against Sacramento, left with a groin injury. He is questionable. And Frank Mason, who burned a ton of us playing only four minutes in that spot start, is also out. Josh, it's your time while I update this run sheet so Jordan can put it in the uh, in the game because I forgot about this one. It's your time to take take the mic and break down this entire uh, Orlando team because if those guys don't play, it's going to be an absolute mess. Yeah, so we haven't had them for a while, but Michael Carter-Williams is back. He was supposed to be ultra limited. That was the words coming out uh, from Orlando. He played 27 minutes in his return. So I don't even know how to listen to these guys anymore. But you know, we talked about towns before with uh, his lung issues ended up playing 32 minutes. Michael Carter Williams comes back and plays 27. If Cole Anthony and Fournier are in, we'll start there. Just don't even worry about anybody else other than Fooch. If they start to be out, um, if Cole Anthony is out, it's going to be really hard to not like Michael Carter Williams at 2100 or yeah, 2100, <laughs> 4,400 <laughs> four, and 4,700. Yeah. You'd be playing him regardless. Uh, so he would be the first guy that I would be looking at. Let's just say that both guys end up out again, not ideal, but Dwayne Bacon over the past two games, 37 minutes and 39 minutes. That's probably the first spot you need to go. He's 4,400 and 4,800. Um, Ken Birch saw his minutes start to climb again. Uh, that's just if bodies are out, I think Kim Birch could see a little bit of additional time. Terrence Ross played 41 minutes and 33 minutes over the past two games. Um, the 41 minutes also came in regulation once uh, once Frank Mason Frank got Jackson. hurt. Frank yeah. Mason. Terrence Ross, just straight caution to the wind, absolutely chucking. I mean, he comes out. He's got eight shots up in the first four minutes of his rotation. Josh, he missed all of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> missed all of them. He said, fuck it. I'm going to keep going. I don't care who, who else is going to shoot. And it, I was, it was one of the wildest things I've ever seen. Now, mind you, I'm on, I'm on golden state in this game. I got him at minus five the night before that line moves to minus nine. I'm thinking, all right, you know, and you know, you, if you beat the closing line, you, you're winning long-term anyway. You're Even happy. You, what's that? You're happy at least. Right. Especially when you beat it by four points. Yeah. So better the night before feeling good, feeling great about it. And they end up covering, but they win by six. Either way, that, that's besides the point. I'm watching this game thinking, how is Orlando keeping this even remotely competitive? Terrence Ross shot seven for 20. Yeah, seven for 20, but you've got all of these guys that wouldn't be in a starting lineup or some of them even in a rotation ripping off monster games. And I only say that because that's what you get from basketball sometimes. Like, yes, this Orlando team is bad. Yes, they are riddled with injuries. Yes, they can keep a game close against a good basketball team. And that's why blowouts are so difficult to predict. 
Yeah, you're you're total like I I don't ever really get Terrence Ross even when I can. Just he's so empty for everything else. But if we start losing Anthony and Fournier again, you just kind of have to Gotta go there because when he starts shooting, like if it starts to fall, it'll keep going up too. Well, you know, that's another thing. When it comes to guys chucking, I don't care if you're missing a lot of shots. If I know that you're going to come out and rip off 20-plus shots and not care who else is out there, you're just going to shoot, I will take you in my lineups. Yep. Without yeah. question. Without question. On the days where you know that the, like, the normal creators aren't going to be there, bet on shots. Yep. Volume. All you can ask for is minutes and volume and hope the efficiency c- comes along for the ride. Hundred uh, percent. Of course, with with like uh, with us with facilitators, that's different. There are certain guys that you know Ben Simmons. You're hoping for the triple doubles and such, but you get the point. Close this game out with some talk on Phoenix, Josh. Yeah, this one is basically non-existent to me. I have Devin Booker on Fanduel at eight point nine percent optimal, uh, the highest number across both sites. The most ownership we have on any of these guys is DeAndre Ayton at five point seven percent on DraftKings. Everybody's back. Everybody's healthy. These guys are—I don't want to say priced up, but like they've been priced for not having Campaign and Dario Sarge being relatively healthy. So to me, Phoenix is not on the slate. All right, <laughs> fair enough. I wouldn't be surprised if this game's over very quickly too, with the way that the Suns are playing. But again, they're good. Yeah, they're really good. They're really good. Lakers, Denver, LA Lakers on the road here, four point favorites against the uh, Denver Nuggets. We'll get into some injury news there in a minute once we get to Denver. But let's start with uh, the Lakers. Anthony Davis questionable for this one. LeBron probable. I'm assuming Davis plays, but Davis questionable is not the same thing as LeBron questionable. When LeBron's questionable, he's playing. When Davis is questionable, he might legitimately be out. Yeah. Um, I have him in right now because who the hell knows? Uh, our ownership projections all across the industry, everybody has him in. So at, at the very least, we have a comparison point. The highest owned player from the Lakers today on either FanDuel or DraftKings is 5.7% owned Anthony Davis. I think that that should be more like 13%. Uh, otherwise, I don't have anyone north of 2% on FanDuel or DK. AD on FanDuel at 9,800. Yes, I am in. Anyone else on the Lakers on FanDuel or DraftKings, if AD's playing, I have zero interest in the Lakers. All right. Very now, easy. If Anthony, if Anthony Davis is out, you got to look at like Markeith Morris for potential uh, additional minutes. Kyle Kuzma could potentially get the additional minutes. They have a couple different bodies. AD missed two games last week. We saw Wes Matthews play 26 and 30 minutes. We saw Markeith Morris play about 25 minutes in both. Markeith Morris becomes a value play that you're going to need to look at if AD is out. Otherwise, I'm not all that interested. I mean, Kuzma got 39 minutes in one of those games as well. well that did go to 30, overtime. Yeah, 34 in regulation, but still, that's yeah. a lot of minutes. Yeah, so you, you have to look in that direction too. But for me, if AD's playing, it's AD on FanDuel and no one else at all from the Lakers. I have zero interest in LeBron James. Doesn't mean he can't go crazy. I just don't think he's cost efficient. Kuzma played 32 minutes with Davis in last game. Yeah, I I'm not sure I understand why uh, the minutes in the last game were really weird. Yeah. His price is a little bit tough anyway. Like even if Davis is out, but you know, 5,800 power forward on FanDuel, Josh, if Davis sits, you might get another 34, 35 minutes from Kuzma. Uh, yeah. I think that's fine against, Ag- you know, agreed. <clears throat> Talk to me about the Denver side. You have Oof. no PJ Dozier, no Will Barton, no Gary Harris. I'm not saying all of these are highly impactful, but you know, minutes get moved around. Jamal Murray is questionable, though. 
for this one with the left ankle sprain, that could change things around quite a bit. Yeah, that, that makes it really difficult to dig in here. Obviously, if Jamal Murray is out, Monty Morris becomes uh, a kind of a no-brainer play. He's going to have to play high 30s minutes. But with no Gary Harris, with no Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr. becomes like the most popular guy on the slate. He's north of 30% ownership on FanDuel and DK, and I completely agree with it. Uh, no-brainer chalk, one of the first guys you'll be putting into a cash lineup. Uh, if Jamal Murray plays, I like him, but I've liked him a lot this season and he's been wildly underwhelming from a fantasy perspective, but I have my eye on him a bit. RJ Hampton's the guy that I want to look at. He's 3,400 on DraftKings and not projected for any ownership. Um, this is like the same analog to the Jordan McLaughlin thing from before. If we have guys that are sub 4K that I think are decent, I don't have to go to the chalk. Just play RJ Hampton. I have him in for 24 minutes. I think that's viable. Uh, and if Jamal Murray com- is out, like I like... RJ Hampton even more in this spot. That's just a way that I would rather pay down and get a little bit of value. Uh, otherwise, I'm ignoring all of that other pay down chalk that exists right now. Uh, Jokic is fine. He's so expensive now. He does a little bit of everything, but I, I don't think that there's a ton of value to squeeze out of that price tag any longer. Can we talk about Jamichael Green? He's 4,200 yeah. today on DraftKings and projected for 26% ownership. ownership, 24 on FanDuel. I don't, I, I guess that I'm just wildly, wildly low on him. I mean, I can say right now, Alex has Jermichael Green projected for six more fantasy points than I do. Ooh. I had Jermichael Green show up in the optimal lineup 2% of the time. Uh, I would play zero of him and he's 24% owned. So there's a gap somewhere here. I don't really see why he picks up so much time though. Camera. Uh, I don't either. And I, I think, what is it? What is happening? Is it just disconnect? Is it just turning your camera off on Zoom? Yep, that's it. And I you just, just have to click the camera button and turn it back off. Yep. Huh. That's weird. Uh, like, I keep looking at myself in my preview window. And it's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. super strange. It's super annoying, man. Like, how many minutes should we be projecting for Jermichael Green? Because he was playing at least 20-plus every game with an ups- uh, with upwards of, you know, 26, maybe 27, 28. Now he's played less than 18 minutes in three straight games. I gave him 23 minutes, so I didn't even think that I was being all that pessimistic. I would have to give him quite a few more to get him to get him to 24% ownership. I would have to have him at like 30 minutes, and I don't see that as a like a viable scenario here. Uh, this seems like chalk that isn't going to exist later on in the day unless we hear something different about Green. The Michael Porter Jr. ownership is very high right now on DraftKings. Josh, 30% highest projected on Denver Nugget here. His price has fallen below $6,000. He was up just around that 6K mark last time out. He's getting a lot of, he's playing, he played 31 minutes last game in that two point win against the Thunder. It has been, ever since returning, it, it has not been the greatest uh, season for Michael uh, Porter Jr. Now he's shooting north of 50%. He's shooting 42% from three point range, but the fantasy totals from a consistency basis haven't backed that up. No, um, tough guy to want to pin down here. He gets yanked out of rotation so quickly because he's so bad defensively, but today is just one of those days you have to play. He's my number one contender on both sites. To me, it's not really up in the air. We're talking and I'm like negatively projecting him. He's normally like a 1.1 fantasy point per minute guy. I'm actually projecting him at one fantasy point per minute, just because I have him on the floor with Jokic. I have him on the floor with Murray for significant run. So I'm even being pessimistic. But at 34 minutes, he is an absolute no-brainer to me. Just put him in your lineups immediately. Yep, you're right. You got to do it. doesn't matter if he hasn't been great. Again, just opportunity is so clutch here. 
Let's close it out with these last two games, Cleveland and the L.A. Clippers. Cleveland Cavs on the road, uh, 11-point dogs here. A bunch of huge spreads on this slate, 219.5 total. Andre Drummond, $6,500 on FanDuel, $7,700 on DraftKings. He seems like a good place to start. God, I don't know what to do here. Last two games for Drummond, 17 minutes and 16 minutes. Hasn't played a single second in the fourth quarter. I have no idea if he's supposed to close. The, the, I don't think the Cavs probably do either. I have no idea how to project Andre Drummond today. I gave him 25 minutes. Makes him look like the second best play on the Cavs for me behind Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton is my favorite Cleveland guy. He's also at 25% ownership. Here's the easiest way to describe it. Andre Drummond and Colin Sexton are both projected for 25% ownership on FanDuel. I think Colin Sexton should be owned 25% of the time. Perfect. I think Andre Drummond should be owned 12% of the time. So I would be fading Andre Drummond because I don't know what to do. I don't think he plays 30 minutes, so I don't really need to get there. I'd much rather have Al Horford on FanDuel than I would Andre Drummond. On DraftKings, where Drummond 7,700, it makes it easy. You just don't play him. It's really tough because both of the each of their last two games were massive blowouts, yep. like colossal blowouts. And in the last game, Andre Drummond caught two quick fouls and was out early. In the one against Denver, where they lost by like a thousand points, he played only five minutes in the third quarter, never returned. Like you said, hasn't closed the game out. He's played 16 and 17 minutes. How much of that is due to a blowout? I don't know. How much of that is due to early foul trouble in the last game? I don't have any idea. Uh, I, I think you're spot on in saying, and by the way, he had three fouls before the end of the second quarter and his fourth foul midway through the third quarter in the last game against Portland. I, I think you're right to say 20, mid-20s in minutes. I, I don't really know if I want to get to any Andre Drummond. The no. price is so tempting because if he does get a 30 plus 6,500 makes him literally the best play on the entire slate. If he played yep. 30 minutes. Yep. That's the, well, that's the tricky part. Well, look, even if he plays 20 minutes, he's a 1.5 fantasy point per minute guy. Right. Like, we're talking about 30 fantasy points just at 20 minutes. If he has outlier performances in quick rates, that could be 40 something. And at which point at 6,500, like you can get there. Luckily 7,700 on DraftKings makes it so you don't have to care all that much. FanDuel is the place where it gets really tricky. You're right. And by the way, one last thing, this is another one that could be over before it starts as well. There's double digit dogs against the Clippers. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a really tough spot. I don't know what Cleveland's doing right now. Just play Colin Sexton. Don't worry about it too much. Darius Garland's the chalk on DraftKings at 5,600. I don't mind owning him, but I don't want to have 18% like the public does. Paul George is still out for the Clippers dealing with that toe. That's yeah. about it on this one. There's no one else that's sidelined. What does that do for Kawhi Leonard or anybody for the Clippers? Are you on them today against uh, Cleveland? Uh, highest owned guy on FanDuel and DK right now is Nick, Nickel. Yeah, oh my God. Nicholas Batum at nine and a half percent. I actually you're think that Nickelback. Yeah. Uh, that's about how I feel for the Clippers oh. today. Uh, I would play a little bit of Batum on DraftKings and that's kind of it. You know, you get 5 to 10% of Kawhi. I think it's fine. I am not interested in anything else from the Clippers today. All right. That's easy enough. Yeah. If you guys want to check out all of our ownership, you want to check out this premium Slack chat, the office hours where you've got the pros walking you through things, taking all your questions all of the time from Josh to Adam to Alex to, to Steve Buzzard to 
Sean Zahn, all of these guys, a lot of amazing players answering questions, taking questions, Dan Rasa, the jack of all trades, but more so using our tools that Alex Baker, Osimo himself has built. He uses to win a ton of money, and so does everyone else. Check the screenshots out on Twitter. They have been plentiful lately of people using the Osimo tools, uh, watching the shows, checking out everything we have to offer and hitting big on DraftKings and FanDuel. If you go to awesome.com slash join, you can check out everything from the express weekly pass for less than $4 a week to the weekly all access awesome plus platinum monthly annual. If you want to make a long-term investment, something real of this that's available. If you want to do one sport, just NBA all year round, or you want to do every sport we got you for no matter the month, the week, no matter what your budget or style of play is, Check it out. All the tools built by the number one ranked DFS player. That's why we talk about them. That's why we're here. And that's why the site exists. Go to awesome.com slash join. Check it out. And uh, be sure to join that Slack chat when you sign up. All right, Josh. Last game. Memphis. Sacramento. Memphis Grizzlies on the road against the Kings. They're laying one and a half points. Should be a pretty close game. 229 total. Nice little total here. And no real heavy ownership. Dylan Brooks on DraftKings is your highest projected owned Memphis Grizzly. Uh, yeah, Memphis looks really weird. Dylan Brooks at 18% ownership on DraftKings. He's at 22% ownership on FanDuel. I think that it should be about half that. So I'm going to go ahead and just ignore Dylan Brooks's case for today. I think that's one of the easier fades. I think Memphis is one of the easier fades today. We've got Kyle Anderson at 16% ownership on FanDuel. I think that number should be five. We've got John Moran at 18% ownership on FanDuel. I think that should be 10. Uh, I think Joe Val is overowned. I think that Memphis is the most overowned team on the slate. They are the easiest fade for me on FanDuel. On DraftKings, it's sort of similar, although I think $7,400 Joe Val is still okay. I think he's like the least overowned, but I think Memphis is the easiest team to ignore today. I think their ownership is wildly too high. By the way, Chris Hayes being a good sport about this, but I, I got to read this. It's pretty funny. He says it's different playing in Denver because of gravity or some crap, just like MLB. GQ says gravity, altitude, man. And Chris says, yeah, that LOL. <laughs> yeah. Gravity, gravity is crazy, man. Can you imagine what would have happened to that apple when it fell if he did that in Denver? Unbelievable. I know. Mm. I feel bad for the guys that have to play on the moon. Yeah. (laughs) And what else are you doing with Memphis? Anything? Uh, No. Uh, Like, I think Joe Val, John Morant, Dylan Brooks are all guys that should be owned like 10% of the time. But most of these guys are picking up significantly more ownership than that. So uh, fade Memphis in GPPs. De'Aaron Fox, big news here. Or sorry, big pending news, because if he ends up sitting and he is currently questionable in a game that has a one and a half point spread, Josh, at home, this is going to change a lot. Now, what's crazy is this is a 10 p.m. lock. There are three games that tip off at 10 p.m. Eastern time. A lot of late games today. Yeah, we're really going to have to pay close attention to this because last game he was sidelined and uh, it was Bagley, too. Right. Bagley was out. Yeah. It was Marvin Bagley. So the starters were Therese Halliburton, Glenn Robinson, Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, and Rashawn Holmes. Halliburton played 27 minutes. They actually got smoked by Orlando. Robinson, 22. Uh, I won't go down the whole list, but you see where I'm getting at here. Even Corey Joseph uh, off the bench played like 29 minutes himself. Big, big mover here if if it ends up that uh, Fox is out. 
Yeah, that that breaks everything. Right now I have him in. Uh, I think that he's the best play on Sacramento, but it kind like Sacramento is just really weird. I have basically the entire top seven guys, Fox, Holmes, Heald, Barnes, Halliburton, Whiteside, and Bagley, all between like 6 and 10% likelihood of being in the optimal. I think all the ownership that is going to Memphis, you sort of want to just trickle into the guys that are on Sacramento because no one's picking up any real love outside of like Fox at 11% on Fandle, which I still think is too low. Buddy Heald is barely owned on Fandle at 6,700. I'll take that chance. We've got guys like Buddy Heald at 7K on DraftKings at under 1%. I'd go there. I'd go to Barnes. I'd go to Halliburton. But if Fox is out, they're going to pick up more ownership, unfortunately. I kind of like them better if Fox is in And I like just picking up more shares of guys that I think are just wildly underrated. Any top options right now for Sacramento? Fox on FanDuel, Holmes on DraftKings at 5,700 would be the first two guys that I had my eye on. Uh, Holmes minutes the past two games are a little bit concerning, but I think that's probably not the case moving forward unless they're going to start giving Bagley more minutes, which obviously he missed the last game. So I don't see it. So Fox on FanDuel, Barnes on DraftKings. And if Fox ends up out, buckle up. It's going to be wild for Sacramento. No doubt. And just one last thing I wanted to ask you, that Halliburton price point seems a a little bit scary on DraftKings at 6,600. Yeah. So he is the guy that grades out the worst for me of all of the main guys from, uh, from Sacramento, 4.3% chance of being in the optimal lineup, but only 0.7% ownership. So in the grand scheme of things, if you're getting to him, you're probably over the field. And I think that's fine, but he is not a great value on a per dollar basis. Yeah. I mean, two games ago, he played 34 minutes off the bench, only 28 minutes in the starting lineup here. So I don't know in terms of actual playing time, how much he benefits from being in the starting lineup. His minutes have kind of been all over the place. I could almost make an argument that it's worse for him in the starting lineup. Uh, and yeah. I'd rather have him off the bench where he's the clear number one playmaker, Josh. I c- agree with you completely. Yeah. Like he, it's not like he's going for 20 minutes to 35 minutes. So I don't think there's a huge uptick in production here. If anything might come a little bit down. Give me your top overall plays from this slate on DraftKings and Fandle because you do the contenders. Give me a little hint what people can be looking at when they go check out these awesome short form free videos on the YouTube, our awesome YouTube channel. Yeah, contenders videos back tomorrow. I do them Monday through Friday. I've got to take the weekends off and recharge the old batteries, but we'll be back tomorrow with the process show, 6.30 a.m. Eastern time, and then uh, contenders immediately after that. So on FanDuel, I'll just give the contenders top 10 today. Starting from the bottom. Uh, well, starting from the top, I guess, because that'd be Hit weird. Hit that thumbs up for this free information, too. Hit that <laughs> thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. We're doing everything we can here. So these are top my top 10 plays overall. Uh, if you're playing GP, these are this would be like an order of how often I would want to get these guys in cash games. In GPPs, ownership is what plays a bigger role. So somebody could be my number one guy and also be like a guy I don't want a ton of in a GPP, but that's neither here nor there. Michael Porter Jr., Hamadou Diallo, Chris Dapps Porzingis, Damian Lillard, DeMar DeRozan, Colin Sexton, Blake Griffin, Keldon Johnson, LaMelo Ball, Jamal Murray. Those are my top 10 plays in order on FanDuel. On DraftKings, Porter, Diallo, Lillard, Horford, Tim Hardaway Jr., Gary Trent, Jeremy Grant, hold on, Bryn Forbes, Chris Middleton, and Jamal Murray round out the bottom of my top 10 on DraftKings. So, yes, Bryn Forbes. Get that. Bryn Forbes, Gary Trent. I mentioned earlier, too, that Gary Trent's playing really decent basketball. So, yeah. That is ugly. 
Tim Hardaway is a little bit concerning to me. Yeah, it's, I don't know, 4,600. Not a lot of value on the DraftKings slate yet. There's not. It's been a fun show, Josh. Nine games, pretty much uh, par for the course as far as timing goes. I know you probably got some things to do today. Jordan Klein producing the show. Got the headphones over the hood, which is over the hat. It's a That's new. Look. I can That's appreciate new. it. We'll see you guys back here soon. Thanks, as always, for hanging out. Have a great rest of the weekend, and make sure to tune back in the Deeper Dive tonight. I'll be back with you with Terry McBride. Following that, it's the NBA Live Before Lock. It's Emac and Eric Linquist. We got you covered for the rest of the day. We'll see you back here soon. Thanks for watching, guys. <laughs>